AT&T Universal card has arrived. Oh God, kick fucking ass. I got a MasterCard. I don't believe it, man. Life is kind of cool sometimes. This is Check the Vending Machines, a weekly pop culture podcast, and that is a quote from today's uh, topic. Yes. And I want to say, Zach, before we get into the episode, mm-hmm. is that this is a few weeks ago in the podcast, I, I talked about my favorite types of documentaries being mm-hmm. like these like niche docs about super specific type of things. Yeah. And... The, uh, this movie, this documentary is, is, is a perfect example of what I was talking about, mm. where it's so hyper-specific in nature Yeah, that like it, it, the, the target audience is so small, but the people that really like it really, really love it and yeah. the championship and they champion it so much. Um, so when I had the chance to bring it to the podcast, I was like, dude, we got to oh, yeah. do it. Got to. I mean, the subject matter in and of itself is one that, yeah, it's like very niche. I mean, it's like the creation of behind the scenes of like B movies in like America and like, I guess not even B movies. This is like C tier movies. It's this yeah. is like hyper low budget. Like, yeah. I mean, this is like Neil Breen level movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, it's in the documentary that I find super interesting because I was thinking about it and I was thinking particularly like with the subject matter and there's not too many documentaries I've seen personally, at least. Uh, and it's one that I find fascinating where you actually just like follow the life of like a guy in a very specific, hyper-specific field. Like the one that came to my mind immediately, and obviously this is much more mis- sensationalized and there was a lot more to it than that. But the Tiger King documentary, I feel like is very like, Similar to, similar to this, where you have, like, your colorful character, your main star, the guy that you, like, wrap the whole documentary around. And then there's all this, like, also, like, crazy weird stuff that happens around him. But you still have yeah. that, like, anchor point of, like, this eccentric, slightly weird guy as, like, your, your mooring point. Yeah. Or, you know... <clears throat> kind of like with tiger king too and obviously there's other, other docs that can be kind of pointed like this but mm-hmm. when you have such a regional yeah like uh it's hitting a demographic of a of the country that's so specific and regional mm-hmm. like if it's like a dog that takes place in like new york city or like california yeah. la like if it's a movie documentary in la well there's a billion people that live there. Yeah. Different accents all over the place, but whatever. But American movie, mm-hmm. it's a completely regional. Everyone's from this region except for his yeah. mom. He is so. A That's product- the weirdest part is hearing his mom and she's got that like thick ass foreign, like Swedish accent. And yeah. It's so weird because everybody else, yeah, has got that like Mil- Milwaukee West Midwesterner accent. It's such a heavy wisconsin accent and the way that they talk and everything they say comes Mm -hmm. with that like laced with this tone yeah it adds an extra layer of it like to me it's adds an extra layer of like interesting to the documentary as if it was just like if he was just like neil breen obviously neil breen's super interesting already yeah but like 
you add in this whole like they're in this they're in a different part of the country they have this weird these weird accents comparatively mm-hmm. to what you're used to from seeing on tv yeah. and it's so interesting to have it as a a documentary that came out in like 1999 mm-hmm. like 2000 that's such a weird thing to for me to think about that this filmmaker was like who's i think he's also from wisconsin i think the filmmaker was like hey oh, i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna um follow this guy i don't know if they knew each other before i don't know if they were local i don't know but i know I that don't the guy know how he, i want to know how he like found him because that's the always thing because like i have the th- same thing about like the tiger king guy of like how do you like come upon these like random guys in like the middle of like nowhere like tiger king being in like in the middle of iowa and i guess that one's a little makes a little bit more sense because he has his like fucking exotic animal sanctuary thing so that's a little bit more like on the map but like finding like a guy like uh like mark i don't know how you find a guy like mark well like, like, tiger, tiger king's like, like in oklahoma so you think that maybe like at least with in the doc Antle character doc, the, the guy doc Antle who's from merle beach like mm-hmm. well, like you go to merle beach you probably have seen his ads somewhere so like yeah i wonder if that's how it was for the for the tiger king guy Maybe, but Chris Smith, the director of um, American movie. American movie, says he went to University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. So, like, oh. I wonder if he went to school and like just you know heard about local filmmakers or something like that. You know, I don't know. But he, I don't he know. also I feel like he made I the mean, Jim and Andy documentary. He made um, the Firefest doc. Wait, Chris did? He made the Firefest doc? Yeah, the one called Which one? Who loses? One's called Fire. Um, Netflix one. Okay. He uh he So he's definitely got his hands in some big documentary pieces. Apparently he also worked on Tiger King. He did the Wham one? Yeah. I wanted to watch that one. I haven't been able to watch that one. I liked it. Yeah. But I like but like American movie, for me, as a documentary, I I'd never watched this until I never heard of it until probably I don't know maybe six years ago, mm-hmm. six or seven years ago, maybe even less, maybe five years ago, but like in that kind of range, and mm-hmm. only because I was watching this uh, channel. And their DVD is of a, a, a thing called the Found Footage Festival, mm-hmm. and they have a podcast now that's been going on for a while called VCR Party Live, and they're like the videotape version of Red Letter Media. Okay, where Red Letter Media is all about movies and like B movies. Yeah. Well, the Found Footage Festival guys are all about like that massive influx of like the people who are not the corporations who try to make money making VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like the advertisements or like the workout tapes or like interesting. So that's their whole shtick. So they go around, they tour (laughs) showing these stupid, funny clips from different tapes that they have. And they would, they would always talk about and use quotes from American movie. And Mm -hmm. I just, it sounded so absurd. So I'd never, never heard of it. So I wanted to watch it. So when mm. I first checked it out all those years ago, it resonated so much with me because I felt like as someone who wanted to make a movie my mm. entire life and it would make YouTube videos, like it's the exact same spirit of that. 
Yeah. I get that for sure. Hyper, hyper, hyperbolically increased in the <clears throat> Saiyan. I will say, as a filmmaker, as a filmmaker, Mark is probably not the best role model. No, 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 no. It reminds me a bit of um, as well. I remember uh, specifically when uh, the Red Letter Media guys did their, um, they did one of their best of the worst like spotlight episodes, and they were talking a lot in that episode about like filmmaking and them being filmmakers and like shooting space cop and all that stuff. And it's yeah. that quote that like Rich Evans said that like sticks out in my mind, which is like, you think it's fun to make a movie. It's not fun to make. A no, movie. it's not fun. Well, it's I mean, like a lot of like hard work and like repeating stuff and like making sure that everything like looks perfect. And even though you try to make it look as perfect as possible, like you can't, sometimes it yeah. just doesn't work. And, and Mark from American movie is like, there's, there's the bunch of people who are like, I guess like me, Mm-hmm. Who like want to do this, but never commit. Mm-hmm. Then there's the there's the slightly few people who want to do it and commit and never do it. Yeah. And then there's the the smaller group of people that are, that want to do it, commit, and then make it, and it's probably a piece of shit. Yeah. It's and that but it, it's that realm that small smallest category where you get stuff like Samurai Cop mm-hmm. and stuff like you know. Um, Miami connection and like stuff yeah. like that, that that's that balancing act of like, we like it cause it's, it's a B flick. That's really goofy, but it's fun, yeah. but there's heart, that kind of stuff. There's like a, there's like a very, there's a big sincereness to it. And I think that's what comes across a lot in American movie as well, is that there's like a sincereness to him trying to make this movie and like putting all this work into it. And like, he talks about it a lot, which is that, it really is that, yeah, like that, taking that extra step, like a lot of people, I mean, I think he brings it up in the movie that like, like a lot of people don't even like try to make, like they just talk a lot of shit, but they don't actually like take that step to like actually try to make a movie. And the fact that he's like, not only like taking the steps to like make Coven and fit Coven, but like, well, excuse part, me, hold on, pause, it's, like, pause, part of his pause. overall plot I, I, to like make this other film, like Northwestern and all this other stuff. What movie are you talking about he's trying to make? Coven. 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 It's Coven. Coven. <laughs> coven. No, it's, it's pronounced Coven. No, 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 no. That's like no, no, oven. no, no. It's Coven. It's like, that's like oven. It's Coven. <laughs> there's a billion good quotes in this movie. Oh, my God. No, I agree, though, man. Like, there's... As much as Mark in this documentary is... And this is obviously from, you know, filmed in 1994, 1996, mm-hmm. 97, or whatever. It's like... The dude comes across as such a skeezy guy. Yeah. But also, like, so, like, like, I, I root for him. Yeah. But he's also so skeezy. And that's the weird part about it, is that he's got that personality that's, like, you do want to root for him. Like, you see him putting the, all this sincere amount of work. But there's also, like, that underlying current of the movie that they don't really bring up a whole lot. It's kind of, like, in the background until they get to the Super Bowl. There's also the fact that, like... He's an alcoholic. Yeah. He's kind of a deadbeat dad. He like forces his kids to do work for him. He's like semi borrowing slash stealing money from like his aging grandfather. Uncle. He's like trying to like skate by with like uncle, out, yeah. having to do a real job, like only doing the filmmaking stuff. And so he's like mooching off his parents and his grandfather. And yeah, I, I don't even know if it's, I think it's his, it's his uncle. It's something I, I know. It's some family member. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure like 
the when they're going to the bank, I think it's his dad who's driving them. I think it's his uncle, yeah, his but, dad's the one driving him. Because uh, like dad, he says something about his dad didn't want to take part of him in his movies anymore because he'd already given him like I think he said he gave him like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, something ten thousand like dollars. Yeah, to like do his movies, and then his dad was like, "Well, I don't want to do it because he curses in it." Because his dad's like, and, and like you, right moral Christian, yeah. You have his entire family in mm. the documentary, and you have his like what his three brothers? I think, right? He has three brothers, two brothers. I know it's two for sure, but I think there's I think three brothers. Has, I only remember two for sure. But he has like there two, might be at least two one. brothers. I, I thought I think there's three, but there's at least there's two. But there's two, 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 two are two talk the most. Who are actively third one, like the third one doesn't talk as much. Right, actively, like one of the brothers with the glasses is like kind yeah. of middle of the road, but then mm-hmm. the brother with the longer hair, yeah, is like actively. One that's like, sitting outside is the one that's like totally again, like, like kind of sees through his whole act. He's like, I think this guy's gonna kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's gonna kill somebody. But it's so funny to me because you begin the documentary, and it's a, first off, like, like before we even get to more of this, it's a. Yeah, to me, it's a ten out of ten documentary. It's, it's no, hundred percent. I was it's, completely engaged by it. It's it's very very well done. It's it's such a and you learn quickly that it's not about the production. A no, about it's the it's production. about Mark. It's about yeah. Mark, um, and that's amazing to me. Mark with and this hi- like cast of characters that he has like surrounding him in his daily life with highlights of Mike. Like yes. just <laughs> Mike just is like so funny. I don't know how I feel about Mike because Mike is one of those guys that like. We, I feel like everybody knows a Mike. Like he says jokes that he thinks are funny, and he like laughs to himself. But like, it's not really that funny. But there's something about like him earnestly trying to tell you this joke that he thinks is funny that like makes you chuckle a little bit. I, I, I think he's. Um, I don't know why he seems weird. He seems mentally not all there. Yeah, it seems like he's not mentally all there. But all the same time, he's like a really solid at guitar. Like, yes. You know, well, that was the other thing that I noticed as well because I feel like he does a lot of the background music mm-hmm. for the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you hear him like singing and stuff in the background. I was like, okay, but he's also like I don't know if he's like not Autistic mentally all there or if he's just like was so like drugged out of his mind when he was like earlier because yeah. he like brings up these stories about how like hard of a like a drinker and like how mm. like heavy he was into drugs and stuff like that and then he's also like sober now like yeah. he's at the super bowl party and like mark is like, getting trashed and he's like not drinking at all well maybe he, he just to. got like like fried like just acid yeah, or like something. maybe like, his, there's like, that, maybe his mentals just got fried there's that part where he's talking about how he met mark mm-hmm. at, a, at a party he's like no one wanted to party with me. So Nobody wanted to drink guy, a bottle of vodka with vo- me alone vodka. at the party. He's like, I had this vodka. He drank a bottle with me. Yeah, I I think it's the the following of this guy. Mm-hmm. It, it's so fascinating to me because I feel like a lot of people, most people probably know someone like this guy and like maybe not necessarily a film realm, but some another field yeah. realm who is so delusional. And I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know if it's absolute, just higher expectations of himself. I don't know what it is, hmm. but it's fascinating to watch until it's fascinating to watch. I mean, you're watching like, Oh my God, like he was in the, he was in the military for some time, mm-hmm. all this stuff. 
he did okay in school yeah. until he like left or whatever. He was actually kind of gifted, and yeah. then he just like decided to drop out. He has a whole family of characters. His dad seems old school. His mom seems nice. His brothers seem normal. Yeah, his brothers just, seem extremely normal. From Wisconsin. And then yeah. everything seems fine. And then like working class, blue collar, kind of like middle class family. Mm-hmm. But then he, oh, he's a passion. Okay, cool, cool. He, he's going to follow his dream. All right, we know he's an older guy. We know he's like 30 something. Mm-hmm. We know that just based on the math. Yeah. So, okay, cool. He's going to follow his dream and he's going to work hard for it. That's awesome. Until you see us three kids. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, uh, this is, this has yeah. shifted a little bit to be a little more mm-hmm. kind of depressing. Yeah. Because his kids seem really cool. His kids seem really nice. Like, seems, sweet kids. He seem really nice, really fun. Like, and it doesn't seem like they're miserable. Like they're in the documentary and they're like having a good time. Like they're talking to the, they're talking to Chris about like their dad and stuff like that. He like asked them if they want to be filmmakers and they're all like, no, 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 no. And it I seems like a lot too, of work, dude, because like the, just again, by doing the math, like the kids are probably like, the, I think his son, they look might, like they're like four or five years old. His son is probably like my age. And then the dog, the one daughter who's older is probably like a couple years older than us. Yeah. So I want to know, like now in 2023 with Mark being like almost 60 or something yeah. and like his kids being like 35 at max 36, like where has that? Like yeah. relationship, how is that flourish? Because they have actual evidence. Like there's a cult classic documentary about their dad. Yeah, just like floundering, you no know, throwing newspapers every morning for his route. That's his only job outside of trying to make get this film done. Yeah, yeah, and like, and the worst thing is, dude, because if you do the research, those things have never been made still. Mm-hmm. Northwestern still never came. Yeah, out. no, it's. I looked it up and it says it's in like post production, but yeah. like it actually hasn't been like released. When he starts the other movie, it never never completed. Yeah, he's done a lot of acting gigs, which is funny. I saw that. Yeah, that he was he's been in a lot of movies, but he hasn't actually completed like any outside of COVID. Yeah, that's the only but one like that he's you, really like completed. And the worst thing is, is that you look at some of his like his like Super Eight footy, mm-hmm. even like his, some of his home movies. It yeah. it looks pretty fine. It looks pretty good. Like the there's a scene where they're attacking the car. Mm-hmm. Like the way that he's shooting it and the way he cuts it, like it looks like, dude, like you have talent. Yeah. Like you could like for like a low budget like horror kind of thing, like it looks good. Yeah. And the black and white, like he the way he comp he composites his shots and makes like it all looks solid. He's for definitely got movie. like the mind of the filmmaker. Like he's got the picture in his mind for sure, and like he. Seems to be, for the most part, be able to transport like what he's got in his mind into the into the camera frame. Yeah, well, there's this the the home footage that he shows of um, when they're they're all in the living room. I think his mom's house. Mm-hmm. And he's holding his his kid, and they're watching like the old like six year old footage of mm-hmm. whatever their Northwestern whatever they had, and it looks good. Like it looks it looks paced well. There's a scene of the guy in a car. They're talking to each other. Like it all looks solid. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, like if you just commit, yeah, like it, it looks like you could actually make a solidly decent B flick. Yeah. Like, it looks fine. You know, like just commit to it. And he even says in the movie, like 
you know, about completion. He's like, well, what happens if you, you get this fear of not, of completing it, not having anything left or it not being mm-hmm. as good. Then you, you just put it off for a day and then a week. And the next thing you know, it's been six years. Yeah. And now it's been 30 years or whatever. Say it even is. longer, 30, 30 something. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. It's wild. It really is. Um, and I, the one thing that I find super fascinating about the movie, because even though it's not the main focus, like seeing his production of how he like goes through making uh, and finishing uh, Coven, mm-hmm. um, I think is super interesting. Like going through the fact of like watching him do like fully work with Mike in the junkyard, like seeing that like forcing his poor mother to yeah. be one of the extras. Because all his other extras backed out. He's hey, like, look, I gotta have look to more menacing. Yeah. Look, look more, menacing, more menacing, please. I gotta do groceries. I need you to do this. I need you to stay. What I gotta do? You gotta stand there. You just stand there in look the field. Look more menacing, please. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's... It's very interesting to, like, get that. And I also feel like it's interesting for me. Because, like, you get, like, behind-the-scenes footage of, like, different movies and stuff like that, but... That's always after the fact. It's usually not like during the making of the movie. So like seeing any, everybody, somebody actually go through like the mental process of like spending a year working yeah. on this movie. Because that's the other interesting to me. Other interesting thing to me is this place. This movie takes, basically takes place in the year. Was it 1997? I think or something like that. Yeah. 96, 97. Yeah. It starts in the spring. And then goes all the way to the winter of 97. I guess 98, because they do the Super Bowl. So. Um, yeah, I think it's like yeah, a three-year like, period that they film, I think, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and it was, it, to me, what I love about docs like this, especially older docs, is that you get a, a slice, you get a vertical slice of a time period in a location. Mm-hmm. So, like... You get a documentary from the 90s in LA, like Hollywood. It's going to look like it might be cool, cause, but it's Hollywood, so it still looks different than America. Right. But like 1996 Milwaukee or whatever this is at, like it's going to look more like regular America than, you know, New York City or LA will. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me because that shows you that how normal this dude is who just had a dream to make a movie yeah and then you hard cut to him like talking to the camera by being like yeah i got so drunk last night i called morocco yeah oh my god i called morocco that's such a weird he is his brother saying he his his highest skill set was talking yeah it's and i like that he said that when he's trying to like he's like his best skill set is talking it cut to him like trying to squeeze like three thousand dollars out of his uncle yeah and get to find out his uncle's also like fucking loaded yeah i think he said at one point he's like oh yeah i'm supposed to have like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the bank i was like what the fuck you said how much now well, then he gives, he leaves Mark like 50,000. Yeah, he leaves him. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, at the end of the movie, yeah, to finish Northwestern. And I don't know where that money went, that but it didn't go to, to finish Northwestern. For beer or something. Yeah. Well, then there's that quote he says when he's talking about, again, like there's so many moments in the movie where he's, he's being introspectful of his life mm-hmm. or whatever as a dad to three kids at like 30 something years old and 97 yeah. or however old. 
and he says like um I was called to the bathroom at the cemetery to take care of something. I walked in the bathroom in the middle of the toilet right there. Someone didn't shit in the toilet. Someone shat on the toilet. They shat on the walls. They shat, man. I just stared at someone's shit, man. To be totally honest with you, man, <laughs> it was a really, really profound moment. Because I was thinking, <laughs> I'm 30 years old, and I'm about to, in about 10 seconds, I'm going to start cleaning up someone's shit, man. Yeah. It felt yeah. like... It feels so Canadian, like the accent. That feels the, very Canadian. Just the way that he talks, obviously, it's that that Wisconsin. But there's something really funny too about because obviously we know regular media; mm-hmm. they're not they're not from Wisconsin, but they live there. Yeah, but then you have, but they're from Midwest. They're from Chicago, I think. I think they're from Chicago. I think Jay's from Wisconsin, but I think Mike and Rich are from Chicago. Chicago. Right? So they're like you know you have. These these guys who obviously live in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then you have Found Footage Festival is from Wisconsin. That's the interesting thing is that I feel like Wisconsin is this weird like mecca of like like what untapped movie. yeah what untapped B film world is from. There's another guy I watch on YouTube who's a smaller channel, most about VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yeah. It's like what other mother what is going on? I guess it's because you don't have much else to do in Wisconsin. I <laughs> so guess. you just watch movies and like dream about making movies. I've been telling my wife, dude, because she works at colleges, I'm like, you gotta get we gotta move to Milwaukee or something. Because <laughs> clearly if, if I if I lived there, I'd be making some shitty B tier movies or you something. You would, man. You'd be putting the nose of the grindstone there. Because clearly there's something in the water, dude, or the beer. <laughs> there's something in the in the Anheuser Busch that's making these people wanna make flicks dude yeah i don't know man the, the the american movie it's it's such a perfectly crafted documentary to me mm-hmm. and because you get like it's not even really a narrative it's vignettes about this dude's life in order yeah like there's just clips that aren't even about the movie or it's just clips of the dude it's just mark yeah you know it'll be like a 30 second clip of him talking to his mom and then it'll fade to black and then come back, you know, or like at the beginning of the movie, like they have their big all call meeting and like no one shows up. Yeah. Or when he's in his bed, he's in his bed, his mom was giving him a cough drop and he's like, oh yeah. And he's I like, man, I gotta, give me some coffee. I gotta fucking get up, man. I wish I could stay. What is he? I got, he's like, I got I wish calls I could to make. Stay in bed all day, but I can't, I gotta fucking work. I got calls to make. You know how many calls I got sitting there? His mom's like, yeah. He's like, I got so many yep. calls to make. If I don't do it, I just want to lay here all day. Yeah. You have three kids. Yeah, that's just the that's the weird part. But then his girlfriend. I think it'd be fine if he didn't have three kids. Like this lifestyle, yeah. I could like forgive it a little bit. But the fact that like, because it's like, it also it's the fact that like he doesn't have a real job. Like I'm sorry, being yeah. a paper toy is not a real job. So I don't know. It is when you're 14. Uh, yeah, it's not when you're you have three kids and you're like a 35 year old man. Well, then there's that quote his girlfriend says where they're like location scouting or something. Mm-hmm. Or I can't remember where exactly they're at. Maybe they're in the kitchen. And his yeah. girlfriend says to the effect of, you know, Mark wants to do all these things. He doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Like in a, in a way, he, he doesn't want to be at this loca- this place. And oh, she yeah. says like, but what person doesn't? Yeah. Like what person What person wants to be where they're at? Like Everyone wants to be somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, nobody's satisfied. I get where she's yeah. coming from. Well, it's like it's it's 
that brings me to one of the most poignant points of the movie for me at least which is the ending monologue that he has with his uncle where he just talks about the fact of in the essence of like grasping onto the american dream and like how he gets to the fact that like he's not going to be like and it's kind of the running theme throughout the movie which is that he feels like he is better than like the life the hand that he's been dealt yeah. like he feels like he's meant for bigger yeah. stuff um Including like Hollywood and like the road to movie making is a lot of people's way out of whatever their current life is. And so he's, I, I definitely feel like he sees that as his way out, but, um, but at the same time he makes all these like backward decisions. He's like one step forward, two steps back with specifically the drinking. Cause that's obviously the thing that's like holding him back the most Yeah, in his life. Um, yeah. And like you talked about before the scene where they're at the Super Bowl and, Mike comes over and he's like, "Yeah, I won eight hundred dollars oh, yeah, in the lottery. lottery. Two hundred dollars in the lottery, and man." Mark's like, "What'd you do with the money?" He's like, "Well, I gave a hundred dollars to my dad. I, I left put... sixty dollars at home. Also, his math doesn't make any sense. He's like, I left sixty dollars at home and I have twenty dollars in my wallet.' And I was like, you 'You're missing twenty bucks in there.' I thought that maybe he said I left six hundred at home. I thought he said he left sixty dollars at home. I couldn't remember. Basically, yeah, I got twenty dollars in my pocket." Yeah, you know, we, we can, anything we can get for twenty dollars. You know, we find a way we can spend it. We can spend some money. He's like, we can go fucking buy some. Uh, we can go to this bar or whatever. We can go to yeah. He's either says we can go to the bar. Or we can like just buy beer or something like that. And he's like, nah, I don't want to buy beer. And he's like, I don't want to buy it either, but I'll drink it if you buy it. And I was like, and that's not really what he's asking you. It's all that, and then you have like them going to the bank and him like conning his uncle kind of out of this yes. money. Well, he like sets up like a business loan or like a bit a company with the bank essentially, yeah. but like his uncle is the one that's like fronting it. It's very strange. The whole that whole scene was super shady. I don't know what that was. Yeah, going and, on. and the and the teller was like, "I don't care. We're making money." Yeah, and the killer's like, "I don't care. I'll do it." It's like you got the money, so that's all that matters to me. I love too when they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where he's in his bedroom with the dry erase board and he's talking about how much money, how many oh, copies yeah. of Coke he, he has to point. sell. Like, this is what we're going to do. Fuck all this. It's fucking 3,000 copies or nothing. And then he says like, oh, I, I didn't mean to erase that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because before we had to sell this much for this and yeah. this. Nah, man. And he's getting so stoked about it. Yeah. And then it cuts to a moment later where he's like talking to Mike Mm-hmm. Like, would you buy this for fourteen ninety five? And Mike's, Mike's like, like, hell yeah, dude. yeah, hell yeah, man, yeah, I would. All I need <laughs> is to find three more three thousand more people who are exactly like you, just like you. <laughs> well, it's funny because then you get to the ending scene where he's like showing uh, the movie once it's done, and there's like a sizable, yeah, group. like clearly he's like a known quantity in the town. I feel like, and like there's a lot of people that show up to his premiere. It looks like so, yeah. It like feels good at the end. He's like, all right. So he's like, get it done. But then he also has that scene at the end uh, after he's shown his movie and he's like thanking everybody. And I don't know how to take it. It felt like he was like overwhelmed with emotion, but he didn't know how to show it. But he wasn't like emotional. I don't know. It seemed like he just didn't know how to like handle the fact that like the movie was done. And like yeah. this, this thing was like over. It felt like he didn't really know how emotionally to like handle that whole situation. Well, maybe it's like now it's time to actually you have to do the bigger one. Yeah, like that's what you've been setting up for. Like this know? thing is clearly successful. You've been hyping up the fact that like this is just like your stepping stone movie to like 
get you to Northwestern and whatever. Well, then, like, it's over, but you look at all his bills he gets from the government. I owe $81 to the IRS. I owe $200 or what state is it? $100 taxes. to state. I owe $3,000. What is it? He said he owed like $3,000 on like back child support or child support, like, that. like all this stuff. Yeah. A fucking oh, my phone bill. Oh, man. My, my phone bill. It's even higher than that. I'm um, t extended my phone bill to next Friday. So I was going to hope it doesn't get cut off. <laughs> I just, it's crazy, dude. Like, yeah. There's, there's only one documentary that I've seen. That is kind of so similar to this, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a great documentary. So if you want to watch it, it's 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 so good. It's called Last Days Here, hmm. and it came out 2011, maybe. It's and it's newer. It's a newer documentary. Okay, but it's it's even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy. He's he's. I think he's doing better now. So that's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. But it's about a guy who was in a band called Pentagram, like in okay. the early 80s, and they're like a really solid like metal band like they were mm-hmm. really like really good records and the band slowly dissolved it was doing they were doing pretty popular for like you no know, b-tier kind of band american band mm-hmm. and just dissolved because he got addicted to drugs oh damn and, and he's got he kept, for years just like kept like you know would play some bands here and there would play some shows get money buy drugs all this kind of stuff and the documentary about him mm-hmm. on this journey to like make a new record and like go a lot and play some shows, whatever. And he's older and he's like beat up because all these years of drugs and he's like an older mm-hmm. guy, but his parents just take care of him. Yeah. He lives in their basement. He does drugs in the basement. He has this whole look air. It's, it is crazy. And you, yeah. I think he's doing better now. Last I looked, but like he has a new girlfriend, he moves out. It's, it is fascinating because the band like was, has done like, with like Mark in American movie, like he never did anything. Yeah. But like last days here, the dude, like he made records, like they're mm-hmm. good sounding records. And then just like life hit him hard. Yeah. And like, he's like, like I think the first record they made, like the self-titled pentagram record, it's mm-hmm. like a cult, like underground, like seventies, eighties metal, like classic record that people who like the scene are into like underground. Mm-hmm. And it was just fascinating to watch this dude like try to pick the pieces back up. Yeah. After years of being, you know, just a drug addict. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's is this only similar documentary I've ever seen. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've seen many like that. Um, but I also haven't seen many documentary styles in this type. Um. At least not from my memory um, of ones that are specifically in that, like, not only in the niche genre, but, like, the, like, living documentaries. Where it's, like, right. centered around a person just, like, in their daily life. Um, Those are the best kind. They're super fascinating they're the to me. Best. Like, they're the best. They're super fascinating. Getting, like, peeks into, like, other people's worlds and seeing, like, yeah. how they live their life and, like, how they're they interact with like the world around them is super fascinating. Like I said, um, dude, rock a fire explosion documentary. It is on YouTube. It is. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. That's the one about the guy. Is that about the guys who like bought the animatronics for? Yeah, it is uh, so good. Um, God, what is it called? Showbiz pizza. place. Show, yeah. Showbiz. It is. 
I mean, it's it's a real documentary, so it's not like it's a YouTube doc. Like the guy, the guy who made like Jasper Mall, I think made this too. Like I think it's the same. Like it's a it's a real dude who does a lot of great docs about about niche stuff and like mm-hmm. it came out in like two thousand eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's on YouTube, I think, currently still, and it's like a excellent documentary mm-hmm. about a such a fucking. To me, it's my favorite doc in this kind of realm yeah because it's so fucking weird yeah and so like no one's hurting anybody no one's a creepy kind of person they're just like so hyper specific in their passion yeah and it's really weird to have these like fucking like animatronic band the Mm -hmm. fucking country bears or some shit like in your garage it's just weird yeah it's an interesting thing to open up and then they have the guy who made the fucking animatronics in the dock and he's talking about them and he's showing them at their workhouse in Florida. It's so interesting, interesting. Huh. that to me, like, it's like a, I, I think I said before, like I watched it a long time, like probably 2008 or something, 2009, mm-hmm. I watched it. And then I didn't watch it for a long time. And then I started watching it like once a year, it became like a fucking like. Like my in my cycle of yearly like the war I was like oh I'm gonna watch the Warriors today it's yeah. Ocean's Eleven today now it's the Rocket Fire Explosion like <laughs> it's just so fascinating in like yeah. American movie like it's a movie that documentary that has no and you know and if you look at you look at the research there's no fucking ending for this guy mm-hmm. and you also think about it like when you tie this mark to like the people that we enjoy who also make YouTube videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like the line between Mark and Red Letter Media. It's not that it's, it's, it's very that thin. thin. Yeah. It's, it's thin. Not that thick. They just come, they just committed to it. And they also knew that they could do criticism. Like if yeah. they didn't have the, the, the YouTube side and they just wanted to make movies. Yeah. Who knows what, like how it would have turned out for them. I don't know. Yeah. Cause they have quite a few movies under their belts. Um, obviously they haven't made anything since they did Space Cop. But even like like Corridor, like yeah. if Corridor just stuck to making movies and doing effects on movies all those years ago, like yeah, they probably would be back in the Midwest, back in Minnesota or wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. Another example of people who are from not from you know from the middle of the country, yeah, doing whatever. But because they had the YouTube channel and they were able to kind of expand, yeah, you know. You have like someone like Freddie W, obviously, who's like one of their best friends, like oh yeah, making movies and doing effects and stuff, and then YouTube took over and that became a whole other avenue. But mm-hmm. Red Letter Media is a perfect example of the people who are engrossed in B movies mm-hmm. have made a B movie, yeah, and like, but then you look at like their old stuff from when they were like like the later like mid to like late nineties oh, yeah. home films that you see like when they're like still like super young, yeah. You have like Good Looking Mike. Like yeah. people always say, you know, and people always talk about in the comments, like you know, before like, the dementia, right? Or like the the jokes are always like, how come that as they get older they sw- they switched hotness? <laughs> like young Mike was like good looking, and then like young Jay was like awkward, and yeah. then as they got older they switched. Like old Mike is like a fucking like average looking middle aged guy. Jay's quite the smoke show, man. He's got yeah, the long the, hair. Young Jay is like a hip looking. Well, it's like, like when he was younger too. I like. I think I saw this in one thing where it's like somebody called him. He said he looks like a hobbit or something like that. Yeah, and the way his beard is is just, the yeah. way it grows is weird. Mm-hmm. But you see, like young, young Hawaiian shirt wearing Mike is like, oh, oh yeah. wow, what a good looking guy. Yeah, 
And then he's like 45 now. And you're like, he looks like a regular guy from. He just looks like a regular dude now. Yeah, a regular dude. Then Jay's like, man, you got some. Mm. You got fashion sense, dude. All right. What's going on? Jay. I see you. It's so funny. Yeah. Seen Rich get thinner. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Good for him, dude. Well, Zach, your first viewing of American movie. Yeah. How. Did you expect anything different? What did you expect before you even checked it out? I don't even know what I really expected. Um, I didn't expect this. Honestly, what I thought it was, because I hadn't really like researched too much about it before watching it, is um, I, I didn't think it was going to be as much of like a deep dive. I really thought it was going to be more like about the production side of like making a movie or something like that. Right, I didn't expect right. it to be such like a, a deep dive into this, this guy's life world. Yeah. Like in uh, diving into his world, I wasn't expecting that, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. I'm glad that he kind of went down that route for the documentary. I think it like makes it way more compelling. So, yeah. And I wonder if it was kind of like the same thing that you got with like Tiger King Mm-hmm. Which you no, know, obviously now we know he was involved in some in some way, yeah. of like he he initially is interested by the production and also maybe the guy seems kind of interesting. Yeah, and then you very he quickly learns like oh no the movie's not about the documentary is not about the movie. The documentary is about the man. It's about yeah. this fucking guy. I definitely I de- I definitely feel like there are some documentaries where I feel like these people show up. And they just start talking to these guys for a couple of hours. And they're like, oh, I struck gold here. Exactly. Another famous example of that, and I think most people don't know if it's real or not, is mm-hmm. uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Mm-hmm. Is a the great Banksy docu- stuff, yeah. The a great Banksy documentary, but it's not about Banksy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's about this guy named Space Invader and Mr. Whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, and people don't know if it's real or fake or not. And, like... Mm-hmm. You watch, and it's about this dude who is filming street artists, mm-hmm. and then he has all his footage. And he's gonna make a documentary, and it never comes out, or it comes. And he cuts it finally after like ten years, and it's shit. Yeah. So he hands the footage over to Banksy, and Banksy makes this documentary about him, kind of. Mm-hmm. But just no one knows because Banksy's obviously this unknown character. We don't know who's real and what's fake. Yeah. What's a work and what's not? What's what's kayfabe? You know. Dude, Banksy. The Banksy stuff is super interesting. Between the like, yeah, what's real and what's fake, and like the tr- the pranks he tries to pull, like what was it? Remember when he like made that painting like a couple of years ago? And the frame sold for like millions of dollars, yeah. and they fucking shredded it as soon as some as soon as somebody like put the yeah. money down on it, immediately fucking shredded it, and then Amazing. it was worth even more. Amazing. It was the that fucking having that or kind when, of like legacy of like it doesn't matter what you do, the fact that yeah. you touched it instantly makes it like or you know he'll do like a. Like a stencil on a wall, and the the, the person that owns that yeah, wall, yeah, they like fucking tear off. off that part of the wall and yeah. like sell it. Yeah, crazy, wild. Yeah, shit. dude, I, American movie to me is it's just a top tier documentary about um, mm-hmm. such an interesting subject and topic that I think is I don't know. It's it's like to me, it's the perfect type of documentary because it's. Obviously, documentaries about people are fun and they're interesting. You know, if they're famous or rich or whatever, obviously those are fun and interesting. But like, mm-hmm. it's the stuff like the American Gladiators documentaries. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's such a fucking niche thing. And then also, it's a niche topic, but we get two of them in the same year. 
because mm. ESPN did a full of uh, a documentary about American Gladiators, and then Netflix did one like two months later. It's oh, really? So interesting, yeah. So like oh. you get those ones. Obviously, I love wrestling ones. Beyond the Mat is like yes. a top five doc for me. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then American movie is just yeah. It's amazing to see someone that is so up there on butt. Yeah. And com- like convoluted of a person. And you just have you just feel for I think that to sum it up perfectly before we end the pod is mm-hmm. the is that there's a scene where Mark's ex girlfriend or wife, baby mama, whatever, is yeah, they're, like, they're arguing him, yeah. arguing at the car and it cuts to his Mark's mom in the car mm-hmm. and she says this is like one of those things I think is gonna go on for a while. Yeah. And then Chris is like, which part? And she's like, the whole Mark, Alyssa, whatever her name is, and then Joan yeah. or whatever her name is, like this triangle mm-hmm. of issues. And then you sit there and go, man, this cannot be good for these three kids. No. And then you see Coven and yeah. you, you kind of get stoked maybe, but then you look 30 years later, however long it's been, you know, 25 years later, 20 years or whatever, Something and like nothing that. else has been produced. No. So a lifetime like lifetime waste i don't know just it's a, know. it's kind of a bummer yeah. but it's interesting yeah it is a bummer like i really would like to see what northwestern would become but, but at least yeah, neil breen makes plain. stuff yeah it's not good but at least neil breen puts stuff out i was about to say at least he consistently is like yeah doing shit yeah or you know, i know i watch another youtube guy his channel is called um it crept from the 80s Mm-hmm. great youtube channel um and he's his name is brian uh, brian i can't remember his name i can't mm-hmm. chris i think chris chris siever mm-hmm. and there was a documentary came out about him last year two years ago about his company he makes movies in new york mm-hmm. and he's a b guy sh- shot on video b guy mm-hmm. and it's a documentary about him and his whole career of making home movies with his friends and it's, just, it's his, his same cast of people he uses and he makes like one or two movies a year or has been for the last like 20 years, 30 years or however long. And it's him and his ups and downs and making the stuff. And it's all just B flicks. And they put it out on physical media. These small companies, I bought a box set of his movies. Like it's like, mm-hmm. but they're all B movies that he knows are B schlocky flicks. That's the whole goal. Yeah. And he has his friends help him make them. And it got to the point where he was doing stuff with trauma. Uh, he's putting releasing stuff with trauma. He oh, was really? working with trauma. So like, it's like it's possible mm-hmm. you know if it's possible and like it's like how the f- just make the movie <laughs> i know it's hard obviously we know that but like you have a vision and clearly you can work pretty good like you can do stuff you just cutting on a film take the film mm-hmm. out put it on fucking video you know yeah so i don't know hmm. but is that my last thing i want to say is, is yeah. that really funny part about and i think it was um I think it was maybe a um, best of the worst. Hmm. I think it was this year, maybe where hmm. they're watching a, a shot on video film, like action horror kind of film mm-hmm. made by a bunch of brothers and friends. And then like the cuts were so good. There's a scene where like, someone's getting sucked through a wooden floor and like, they're doing like car stunts. And rich says like, you can tell that they were they had all those ideas and they're doing really good and they're having a lot of fun up until about right here. 
And yeah. then the rest of the movie was them like, ugh, let's just finish this. Yeah. All the creativity was in the very first part of the movie and they spent all their money doing these cool action stunts and these effects. Mm. And the rest of the movie was them talking and stuff. I remember what... I do remember that. I don't remember what... I can't remember what movie it was. I can't remember what movie that was. But it was a bunch of like young dudes making this like shot on video yeah. film from the, the 90s or whatever. And like... The, and then they were talking like how like the stuff looked great like it was good looking stuff and it was a mm-hmm. I agree it was a killer and then it became just you know <laughs> let's just slug through this movie to get it yeah done. so I want to know I wonder what that is now because I definitely remember what you were talking about right huh well Zach anything else you want to mention about American movie before we end the pod no it was a killer time man I'm glad you recommended this I'm uh I'm always happy to, to see these kind of documentaries that like I wouldn't have heard about or known about really um, and being able to like experience them is always great. For sure, dude. And I want to end the podcast on a quote. Ooh, give it to me. From Mark Borchart. Borchart? <laughs> How do you say his name? I think it's Bouchard. There's no excuses, Paul. No one has ever, ever paid admission to see an excuse. Mm. no one has ever faced a black screen that says well if we had these set of circumstances we wouldn't have shot this scene so please forgive us and use your imagination mm. i've been to the movies hundreds of times that's never occurred american movie 2000 hey guys it, thanks for listening see you back next week more check the vending machines see you guys